Welcome to High on the Hog with Merrill Schindler and co-host Joanna Belson. This is a podcast about all things cannabis. Tune in every week as Merrill and Joanna discuss the medical benefits of CBD and THC products with each other, as well as with informed guests from the cannabis industry and the lawmakers who regulate it. Enjoy the show. There are so many worlds of medical cannabis. The deeper we get into it here on High in the Hog, the podcast, the more amazed we are. And one of the worlds is one that I have to refer to as, as kosher cannabis. Uh, we are honored to have Shifra Klein of Mitzvah Herbal Kosher Cannabis. That's us. Do you do you have to have it inspected by a um, like a groovy rabbi? You know who's like uh, we actually do have a pretty groovy rabbi that comes out. So uh, Mitzvah Wellness is a first kosher um, OU certified uh, brand of CBD, and we are um, we do have rabbis from the OU from the Orthodox Union that do come out and give us their certification. To the best of my knowledge, um, cannabis is not processed very much at all, but it's not processed using any pork products. What, what makes it kosher or not kosher? That's a good point. Um, you'd be surprised, though, what I've seen now in dispensaries. Um, so what would make it kosher or not kosher is um, people think that maybe if the product is blessed by a rabbi, which is not how um, kosher certification works. I wish it were that easy. Um, unfortunately, it's not. So what the rabbis will inspect is that everything in the facility is kosher certified. So from your carrier oils and your tinctures to your edibles um, and all around in the process that there's no um, contamination from anything that could be possibly not kosher. So biblical interpretation, which is done obsessively and often in ways that have you absolutely befuddled um you know it's like stop thinking so much it's okay uh you know are based on you know almost a word so a comma you know that that that's 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 built into a whole universe of meaning and interpretation um or through the the talmud or various other books of the midrash or the books of, of of knowledge is there anything that suggests the use of of medical cannabis and did it exist well i'm definitely not a scholar that's <laughs> for reading, sure reading um but and you know from my understanding is that um cannabis was possibly used in the times of the holy temples so there were uh, references in different books um, stating that the word cannabisum uh, was used um, when uh, bringing incense um, to the temple to God, to give as a gift for God. So, I mean, I look at as it as at it as the plant itself is a gift for us, you know. So we were thanking him possibly. Um, there are references to it. To my knowledge, um, like I said, um, I'll go with it for sure. I'll go with it. <laughs> Me too. Well, it is not without significance that a great deal of the cannabis research, in fact, the bulk of it, I'd say, is from Israel. Is um, uh, from um, what, what's his, what's his, uh, Raphael um, Meshulam. Dr. Raphael Meshulam. Yeah, yeah. You know, I, without, without him, we wouldn't know nothing. 
Yeah. I had the honor of meeting him several weeks ago in Pasadena. I saw the picture. I yes. know. It was so exciting. Um, yeah. A lot of the research um, that we're using to base our products off of come from Israel. They've been doing a lot of research way further advanced than we are. I don't know about their access for their for their patients. I don't, I don't think they're as advanced as we are in that aspect, um, but their research is far ahead of, of America. Knowing restrictions as I do, when you know that much sure better than I, you wonder about you know, can you use it on the Sabbath? You know, is it, <laughs> is it kosher for Passover? It's, you know, there are so many There's levels. There's so many. You know, I look at kosher not as like a restrictive thing. Um, when I think of kosher, I think of it as um, you, it's kosher for your soul. It's soul food. You know, we're not the only religion that has soul food or the only group of people that consider food for your soul. And I feel like when you're taking in food, just like you would be taking in cannabis. It's helping your body, it's helping your soul, it's helping your entire person. Um, and you know whether you take it on Shabbos or not on Shabbos or how you ingest it or take it, yes, you could be breaking the laws of Shabbat if you're smoking on Shabbat, but ingesting it, there should be no issue of taking care of your body when needed. And even so, to go further, if it's a life and death situation, their rules can be broken, even in Judaism. So if a woman goes into labor on the Sabbath, you're allowed to drive her to the hospital. <laughs> you know, if, if it's necessary for you to eat not kosher because of um, a, a life and death situation where it was medicinal, um, there are uh, rabbis that will give their blessing to do that. Um, but, you know, I just feel like why why not have access to it if you can have access to it? And our whole point at Mitzvah Wellness was why do a certain group of Jews not have access to the medication that they need because of kosher? It's so simple. Just make it kosher. And now these group of people have access to it. So the facilities that other CBD companies manufacture in, can they also now, are there other companies that have followed suit and gone and been Establishes kosher sure, as well. Of course. I mean, we never looked at it as a competition. We, right, were, right. we actually have companies that have come to us who have either asked to work under our certification or if we could help them get certification. Um, I think at the OU specifically, as the largest um, kosher certifier in the world, um, it was important for us to go with the OU because we felt like it's the most trusted. And because the point was for access, we wanted everyone to feel comfortable using it. But other companies are now. Um, applying uh, to get the OU and other certifications as well. So before your experience with medical cannabis to help your son Yaakov, did you yourself have, have much, you know, were, was you a stoner, honey? <laughs> <laughs> okay, funny story. No. <laughs> no. Um, when I was, uh, when we started with the kids, um, that was our, our first time um, trying cannabis. I was in my 30s, never, never in high school. I knew my friends did. Um, Are you from Los Angeles? I, I'm from Los Angeles. Um, I don't think it was really fear of God. It was more fear of my parents. And yeah. um, I'm a pretty obedient child. And um, my parents were very cool. And did you grow up religious? I, I didn't. I grew okay. up, I, I went to, um, I'm very involved with Chabad my whole life. Um, but we didn't become religious till I was about 16. And I actually became religious on my own before my family and moved away and went, went to, uh, you know, a, a, a girls' school, a Chabad school. And, and uh, my family followed suit um, soon oh, after. So yeah, so my whole family, you know, my immediate family is religious. But um, I never, my parents were very cool about it. Um, 
and they were like, you know, if you ever want to try it, let us know. You could do it in the house. And, you know, well, my parents told me the same thing. Okay. And, and, and I don't know, maybe it took the like exciting part out of it. I don't know. I just never tried it before. My parents told me the same thing. And I just for the record, I tried it separate on my own. But now if we've gone full circle and now we <laughs> all know, have fun. Yeah, par- we all do that. <laughs> if your parents approve of something, it makes it that much less worth trying. Well, they approved of it secretly. Uh, <laughs> no, it's a little bit like I. My wife and I drink very little. Um, <laughs> They're gonna say we yeah, drink. Yeah, we do. We drink very little. My daughter just turned twenty-one. She got howling drunk for her twenty-first birthday, as is you know appropriate. Right. You know, send us uh, text messages that were you could make out a word here and there. Um, <laughs> the next day was you know had had the sort of hangover you have from getting howling drunk. And it's like, okay, you passed that. <laughs> yeah, I've been there, done that. And then, yeah. So, yeah, that never was my experience. My parents made it kind of like, well, I'll sit here together and do and it just, I just, It just passed me by, and then it never happened again until I was sitting in my kitchen trying to figure out how to make oil for my kid. And I was like, oh, I think we should probably try this as well. So, so what- you, oh, go ahead. Yakov, Yakov was how old when you, when you made this decision? So this was in 2015. So, um, yeah, so he was almost, he was about 10 years old. Okay, you had gone through several years of, of autism cures? Yeah, so my son was diagnosed when he was two years old. Okay. Um, there is no medicine for autism. Um, there's a bunch of medicines that they give kids for autism, um, and some of those medications um, will help with symptoms of autism. Um, there's Then you get all these other side effects, and then you have to take more medications to deal with those side effects. Um, so we were on medication since he was, um, since he was three years old. So the first year there was no medications. And a pediatrician was? Actually, no. So we took him to um, UCLA and he was under um, psychiatric care. Okay. So he was in a, a partial, what's called the partial hospitalization program. So he's there half day. He's observed. They, um, you know, they, it's really evaluated and he was under good care. Um, we went through about 15 medications um, and then uh, probably about, I would say, seven to 10 years old, he kind of plateaued. There was no progress, no language, no, I um, mean, he was in a diaper still. Um, lots of behaviors, very difficult. So he wasn't in school or was he? He wasn't, he wasn't, he was in a specialized program okay. just for autism, um, where he still currently is. Um, but we weren't, we weren't getting anywhere. Was this a specific type of autism or just kind of generalized? So it's described as regressive autism. So Yaakov was fully functioning, met all his milestones. And then we started to see some regression at about 13 to 14 months old. By the time he was 18 months old, we knew something was very wrong. By two years old, he had lost all his function, even his muscle tone. So he could no longer hold a baby bottle. Um, His mouth suddenly started hanging open and drooling. He had to wear a bib, even as an older adolescent. his eyes sagged. Um, he couldn't grasp anything anymore. Um, his gait was completely off. Um, so, so it was, it was difficult. I would say, um, I don't want to say it's more difficult than any other type of autism, but to have a child that can say mommy and cookie and milk and play with their siblings and answer to their name. Um, we had zero eye contact after, um, to the point that we could put our hands up as blinders, um, and put our face right in his face and his eyes were all over. He couldn't, he couldn't give us anything. Um, so we were willing to try anything at this point. There are genetic issues in, in, 
you know, Eastern European Jewish communities um, dealing with a smaller um, gene pool. Um, is there any sense that, you know, is autism common in, in orth- among Orthodox Jews? I mean, I may see it more because it's my community, um, but I don't know if it's more common or less common. We do obviously have genetic um, issues in the Ashkenazi world. Yeah, you hear um, a taste I remember, sacks, it's probably the best I remember known. I passed yeah. disease. I was so excited when I passed the Jewish uh, genetic testing. Screening, yeah. <laughs> Yeah. I was just being funny so, about no, it. Yeah. Like, like <laughs> no, yes, I'm passed. I passed. Um, yeah, so like, for example, my husband and I both were genetically tested and um, are compatible. Yeah, as, so, as my, my wife and I, and, and there was actually yeah. one issue that we were very concerned about. I don't remember exactly what it was, but it turned out. Well, there's a whole problem. new list. Yeah. You have no yeah. idea. Yeah. And yeah. even sure. since I had kids, sure. like my kids are 10 and 12 now, there's a whole new list of tests. Uh-huh. So, uh, you know, co- coming from a world that wasn't, steeped in cannabis how did you how did you start great question so um google (laughs) google was really where we went facebook and google my husband and i were watching um a video in an autism group one day and it was a mom um who gave her child um oil and um it was the video was a lot just blew my mind i couldn't even imagine i wouldn't say i could compare the two where i could say this child was more severe than my son my son you know was diagnosed as very severe um at the point of his diagnosis at two years old the regional center gave us the opportunity to award him to the state and we had to sign paperwork saying that um we were willing to keep him and it was basically our liability wow um so we we, ob- we know there's people that don't have the resources or right. the means to take care of, um, you know, very severe children sometimes. So, like, I get that. We kept our child, obviously. Um, and, um, you know, so this child was either where my son was or even further, you know, was worse. And it was it was remarkable to see this video. You know, he you know, still not verbal, but it was just like, you know, you can get into his world. And I said, we got to tr- we got to try this. We. We went online, we, we, we looked at, we went to Amazon, we bought a bunch of, you know, ordered a bunch of books. I was sapachking in the kitchen, as they say, trying <laughs> to figure out. We were literally buying top shelf flour from dispensaries and putting it in coconut oil and yeah. in the crock pot, trying to figure out what, what to do. And then- yeah, you, you were buying flour. Um, I mean, what more oils, things readily available that could have been used as well? So there's a few reasons why we didn't go to the dispensary and buy already pre-made products. Um, first of all, it was 2015. And I'm real, I, doing a lot of reading. I realized that there was no regulations that were really in place. Right. And I was very nervous to give him something that I couldn't trust the lab testing. Um, and, uh, no. you know, it was just too, rational, too, too exactly. So, so you, you basically started doing it in your kitchen. And then I would actually. In a crock pot. In a crock pot. <laughs> and then I would send it to a lab and pay for my own labs for a little jar no. to make sure I could, you know, make sure it was clean and potent. No. It, took, it took about three tries. <laughs> you still use the same lab? Um, we don't anymore. Yeah. I'm just sure like on the other end, I'd be like, oh my God, there's this woman who's bringing yeah. you know, just the story. It on was, the other yeah, side it great. was, it was, um, it, yeah, they were very nice with us. Um, but, um, yeah, it was, it was, and it was an experience. For so you sure. were turned into edibles, you turned into cookies. Yeah. So we were turning it into cookies. We well, had him. to make sure he would eat it or t- ingest yeah. it. Would he yeah, eat because oil? He, yeah. He wouldn't have touched oil. Yeah. He, you know, he, there, he was, kids with autism are known to be very sensitive with, um, taste and texture. Um, so we would put it in a cookie, microdose a cookie. Um, the first time we gave him um, a dose, it was about um, it was about seven milligrams. We tried. We were just basing it off of what we were reading on the internet at that time. Um, and we both, my husband and I, both sat there 
just staring at him like it's something gonna happen like a tv show exactly (laughs) we're like is he gonna like get up and like do a little dance or something and you know he was on his ipad nothing happened and like maybe 20 minutes later he looked up from his ipad and he and he stared at us and 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 we couldn't even look at each other we're sitting next to each other and and we're like "Are are you seeing this are you are you seeing this is this happening he was looking in our eyes it was the first time i saw my child's eyes look into my eyes and we we were just we were shaking and then he like gave a little like smirk like a smile like as if he knew what was up you know and then he looked back at his ipad and we're like we're doing this tomorrow (laughs) this is this is happening oh wow so so this became this became and has been a regular form of medication ever since yeah. So once we started um, on it, he, you know, we called the school and we knew the school was going to freak out. So we we called the school and we said, we have a, a child that is seeing a doctor at UCLA and he's on a new medication. I need papers and reports sent home every day as per the doctor's orders so I can keep track of if the medication's working or not. So we were getting notes home during the day. You know, every day I'd check his backpack and there'd be a little note in there. You know, Yaakov had a great day today. Or Yaakov, Yaakov stayed in his seat. He attended to task. He finished a, a, work, a work page. It got to the point that the school called me and said, you know, we don't feel that this school is appropriate for him anymore. Wow. Um, this, uh, the school that he's at has different campuses for um, different functioning levels. And they said, we feel like we need to call an IEP meeting um, and move him to a higher functioning uh, program. Wonderful. Yeah. Thank and God. to this day, you know. Uh, my son had a bar mitzvah. Yeah. He Miles read at the Torah. He reads Hebrew and English. Um, he even picked he picked up some some Arabic. Um, I don't know where he from from the internet. Um, he um, he can talk in sentences. You know, he's he's loves his siblings. Wants to be with them and hang yeah. out. So as far as other parents who have similar situations, so your son is taking a cookie every day. How often does he? So now we've, now that we realize that we're, you know, on the, we were on the right track. We continued with that. Um, Another family heard what we were doing and said, can you make us oil? Um, And then a rabbi in town who was on chemo um, and couldn't continue treatment because he had lost so much weight um, had heard that um, this can bring back appetite and they asked if they would trust it from my kitchen. So they asked if I could make him some chocolates to take down. It ended up being that I was making so much just free meds for the community that <laughs> I was calling in sick. I'm a, I'm a, a licensed a preschool teacher. I was calling in sick and getting substitutes. It wasn't really fair to my boss, my kids in my classroom. Um, and what, you know, it was, it wasn't fair to my family, you know, I was being pulled, you know, everywhere. So we really sat down and said, you know, if we're going to do this, we're, we're going to do this right. Um, and that's a calling almost that, that it's, it's become our passion, definitely helping other people, um, you know, try to achieve what we've achieved in our house. It's not the magic cure. Um, my son still has autism. He, he will always have autism. He'll probably always need assistive care. Um, and you, you know, I don't, but I don't ever say like he will never be more, you know, higher functioning because at the point that we were at, I never thought we would be where we are today. Um, and I, I just can't imagine. I couldn't imagine it. I sometimes we still can't, you know. And what's interesting is for, you know, parents of, of kids with autism is my son can tell me now things that he remembers from when he was completely nonverbal when he was four years old that we really thought he was just not aware of vacations that we took to the date that we they took it on 
um, and things that he saw at the hotel. And we're at that point, we had just thought it was a vegetable, you know, that this child is not in here. He doesn't understand what's going on. He doesn't know what we're telling him. He doesn't, he can't experience these things with the other kids. Um, people would say, why are you bringing your kid on your vacation? Why don't you just get a babysitter? You know, it's a, it's a burden. It's, it's, you know, all these different things. He's not going to enjoy it anyway. He's going to make it harder for you. I would have never imagined what he picked up that he shares with us now, Wow. you know, and it, and it was so enlightening for me as a parent to know, like, don't, we can't give up on these kids. They're there. They're in there. Your product is mitzvah herbal. It's actually mitzvah wellness. Okay. I'm sorry. That's okay. Um, Mr. Wellness. Yeah. says herbal here. That's okay. Um, <laughs> um, which is sold where? Where? How's it available? Okay. So we do have a website that it's it's sold on. Um, we're CBD products. So we're able to ship to all 50 right. states. Mitzvahwellness.com. Um, yes. Mitzvahwellness.com. Thank you very much. Of and um, we also are sold in um, some CBD stores. Um, so the antidote on Melrose does carry our product. Mm-hmm. Um, and we also have um, some private doctors and chiropractors that are also um, using our products. We do make some very effective topicals as well that they use in the doctor's offices. Um, we're also carried um, out of some doctors in St. John's Hospital now um, that are now um, using our products and um, selling them out of there as well to their patients. So ha- has your audience been largely the the Jewish audience or is it... Is it across the board? Or is it parents with Right. Children? I would definitely say um, it's across the board. And I think the reason being is that we don't make it that it's the kosher oil. We make it that it's the effective oil. Um, and that's really important to us. I don't need to slap a kosher label on something that's not going to work. So my, my point being is that the care that we give to our the people that you are consumers is far different than other companies. So each person that purchases from our website, um, we would do follow up calls. We send notes on each order, like personal notes from myself. And even though we're in a manufacturing facility, um, I take the time to go there, you know, be there every week, making sure that I'm in constant contact with the people that are using our products um, and follow ups. We have a lot of people from back east that have zero concept of cannabis at all. Um, And we literally work hand in hand with them. These are people that don't even have Internet in their homes, don't have TVs, don't have access to smartphones and the outside world. So we really help them dose by dose some days. And is this because they're rural or because they're just the religion and they don't have technology? Because they're orthodox. Um, Now, not all orthodox um, go by that, um, but there are a a large percentage that do. Um, Reason being that the influence from the outside um, can be a distraction to studying and uh, pious life, which is fine, no judgment. Um, but they also, unfortunately, don't have the knowledge base or access to getting information on how to heal themselves. Right, look what Google did for you. <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, that's what we're here for. That, that, Absolutely. That, so yeah. so um, tell us about the resistance that you faced. The stigma, <laughs> stigmatization. <laughs> yeah, we got some of that. Mm, yeah. Who's it from? The big C letter on your chest. <laughs> so... The cannabis queen. Yeah, that's her. The cannabis Rebitson. So, um, <laughs> is that what they call it? So, um, yeah, it was it was interesting. We knew it was going to happen from the you know from the Orthodox community. So we prepared for it. Uh, we prepared our children for it. Um, we have uh, we have a seventeen year old, a six a seventeen year old daughter, sixteen year old son. Yaakov is fourteen, and a thirteen year old daughter. 
And we, you know, we educated them along the way and we told them if we're going to do this, this is what is going to happen. Not this might happen. You know, you may yeah. have, you know, Snickers, you may have, you know, problems in school, um, either by staff or by kids. Um, you know, I wanted the kids to feel armed and ready and protected because, I mean, that's my, you know, that's every mama's <laughs> main uh, passion is their children and then everyone else. Um, so they were ready. They're like, mom, you got to do this. You but since, since kids don't come up, I think, with these notions by themselves, they were being given the notion by their parents. Oh, Am I correct? Oh, for, for sure. And, and not just that. I mean, whatever happened in the 80s still stuck, you know, the, the you know, no drug war. Exactly. <laughs> so so that, you know, that's all people know from and they just don't have the knowledge. So, you know, we, we knew that the kids, you know, my son came home from yeshiva one day and was like, yeah, the boys were teasing me. They said, can you hit your mom up for some brownies? You know, um, when we went to, to shul, to synagogue, um, we, we had people that, uh, you know, stared at us, came up to us, uh, you know, what, you, you know, we had calls from rabbis saying, you know, what are you doing to the community? You know, you're going to get everyone addicted. Uh, you know, this is very dangerous. You're playing in dangerous waters, you know, like, you know, kind and of are these thing. people who know your son and have seen the change in him or are these people just in the community who heard about you? You know, sometimes people only see what they want to see right. um, and they only know as far as they know. And then that's what they know. Right. So it's the headline. Exactly. Exactly. So, so. Uh, you know, I don't I, I was never upset about it. It was actually more of a fire for me because I'm like, I have to educate these people. There's also, remember, a great deal of resistance, particularly the more orthodox, you know, in anything that's new. I mean, you, you've been around, you know, the ultra orthodox communities where... It's like, is it 14th century Poland? Where are we? Well, I think what it's. I think it's not that it's new. I think it's it's new to them because yeah. because it's just there's it's there's certain things I understand the meaning of wanting to um, shut out certain things because there are certain things that are distractions. For example, something that our company doesn't do when we go to expos is we don't have girls in bikinis selling our products. Okay, so that's not something that, you know, I don't judge the companies that do sex sells. That's fantastic. Great for them kind of thing. But, you know, we're standing behind a company that's morally and ethically trying to to create an environment that's a medicinal product. So for a community that is not used to the cannabis community, I can see where they don't want to have access or see those kind of things because a lot of those type of things come up in the cannabis world. Um, those worlds do collide sometimes and I, I understand it. So I understand the Orthodox community not wanting to have to deal with that. And that's kind of why we're here because we want to give them the opportunity to learn and see the research and do all these things without feeling like they have to be exposed to things that they're uncomfortable with. I mean, it's your klezmer music for stoners, you know, as you can tell that. It's pretty good as far as I'm concerned, yeah. but, you know, it is, you know, I, and there is, well, my daughter was, was in Israel over the summer and spent some time in the in the Orthodox community. She, she'd send me texts about how um, I can't believe all the rules. You can't tear toilet paper on, on the Sabbath. And it's like, yeah, it's, it, there is a restriction on tearing on tearing things. Um, and it goes deeper and deeper. The more you look, the more that there there are there are there are Sabbath only toothbrushes that you don't you don't um, make your your gums bleed. It, it you know it, <laughs> how deep into it can you go here? And cannabis is 
for people who are wearing the fur hats, the, the stribbles? The strimal, yeah. Strimals, yes. You know, it's like, forget about the modernity of cannabis. How about the modernity of um, of fedora? You know, <laughs> it's like so completely yeah, I mean, listen, stuck in time. I, I feel like um, in every culture, you're going to have the more extreme and the less extreme. Um, but I think it's really about in any type of culture, it all comes down to access. Um, it's access- accessibility for knowledge and accessibility for the actual product. Um, so I can tell you that I have people from different Hasidic groups, whether it's Bells, Gerer, um, Satmer, Chabad, that are using our products that wouldn't have if they didn't know if we weren't educating about it and these people just don't have the access to the knowledge um and it's and it's sad it's it's sad to see people suffer because it doesn't matter if you wear a black hat or a fur hat or you don't wear a hat at all people are suffering and and it's a shame that this plant is so easily accessible at times but there's no knowledge behind it for a lot of people as you said before i mean there is an underpinning of you know, in ca- in the case of health, the rules are all bendable. They're they're very flexible. You know, if if your health depends on you eating pork, I guess that's what you're going to have to do. I mean, <laughs> she's like God now. Yeah, I mean, I'm not. Please don't make us know. Um, you know, I'm definitely, <laughs> I'm definitely not a rabbi. Um, but I know that there are exceptions to be made, and but those are exceptions are always done under rabbinic authority. So, for example, um, I know somebody that um, had a, a medical issue, and they went to a Chinese herbalist, and the herbalist made them a concoction, and the concoction had um, a shell in it that came from a shellfish. And um, there was a question about about kosherus. And they contacted their local rabbi, and their local rabbi wasn't sure, and they contacted a bigger rabbi um, who came back with the the ruling that it was permissible for her to do that for her condition. So it's not just a free for all like, oh, like my elbow hurts. I guess I'm going to have a BLT. So (laughs) it doesn't, it's not like as easy as that. Um, If it were, then I would be eating a lot of things I probably shouldn't be. Um, But um, it's definitely, um, you know, no one wants someone to hurt themselves because of of something like like this. So it's definitely something you can speak to your local rabbi for. So do you get like, and it's a serious question, like once the rabbi reports in, do you get like an official like note? So if people ever question you, you're like, no, no, no. I, or do Yeah. People- so we have a certification letter and okay, it gets good. reviewed. Um, it's and like a get, letter of authenticity. Exactly. We get issued it um, every every time. So okay. every year we have to renew it. Because I can um, see the Yentas being like, where's your papers? Exactly. <laughs> we actually leave it. Um, we, we do have it up on the website and then on misswellness.com and we also will actually email it out to people if um, people are asking they can also contact the OU um, for more information on our company um, but yeah we, we're on the up and up that's great that's yeah. yeah, a wonderful story and you're a wonderful person Schiffer Klein thank you so much thanks the for having is me Mitzvah Wellness with mitzvahwellness.com and you know there are a lot of chefs around who use kosher meat not because they're kosher but because they appreciate the quality for sure. So here you've got, um, you know, kosher certified cannabis products. You've done wonderful work. Thank you so work. much. Thank you so much. It's, once again, it's it's um, mitzvahwellness.com, kosher cannabis. It's Meryl Schindler. It's Joanna 
Felsen, it's Phil Giangrande here on High the Hog, the podcast. We love what we do, don't we? Yes, and make sure you tell all your friends about it. And thank you. High the Hog, it's your one place to find information about medical cannabis, about the stuff that's really the talk of the world. Find us on iTunes, find us on Amazon, find us on the internet. High in the Hog, the podcast.com. That's High in the Hog, the podcast.com. Tell a friend.